This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 62, Hashtag Fire, Extinguishers? With Amanda and Brandon Neely. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, one half of your co-hosts, Mark Willis. In the studio with me today is Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly. Thank you, Mark. Hello, everyone. So we have some special guests in the studio with us today, Brandon and Amanda Neely. They're small business owners and financial professionals. Uh, They founded and ran Overflow Coffee Bar L3C from 2008 to 2018. Now they share their experiential knowledge through podcasting and through developing personalized financial strategies for individuals and couples. Their goal is to help people build wealth their grandma would be proud of. I can't wait to hear more about that. Follow Grandma's Wealth Wisdom podcast wherever great podcasts are found. So welcome, Brandon and Amanda Neely. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So uh, I brought you guys in here to the studio today because you've done some research on a recent hashtag. And we can only talk about research into hashtags in the social world that we live in now. So I, first of all, had to realize that you say hashtag not pound. So that's given away my uh, nerdiness right there. Please, Mark, when when did you learn this? Yeah, I think uh, I think I still st- still figuring this stuff out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh. just moments before this episode began. Oh no! Uh, you'll, so you'll have to look up hashtag the panda mm, to see okay. the the real story about hashtags. Uh, interesting. All right. So, so luckily, I'm married to a younger person, and she helps uh, educate me on those little. Um, like pound versus yeah, hashtag yeah. and BRB <laughs> so, or whatever other acronyms. So we were having there. this question earlier. Um, Amanda, pop quiz, didn't didn't throw this at you beforehand. What is the relationship between a cassette tape and a pencil? I don't know that. I don't think I'm old enough to know maybe even what a cassette tape is. Okay. <laughs> Brandon, what's the relationship between a uh, number two pencil and a cassette tape? So you can use the ca- the pencil to uh, rewind. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Tape. When you've got the tape coming out of the. Ca- okay, so I, I at least know irrelevant information from decades ago. All right. So anyway, we're going to talk about a very interesting and I think relevant and important uh, movement that's come across uh, our interwebs, and that is the hashtag Fire F I R E movement. And I wanted to get some questions. From you guys to you guys to hear your feedback because you've done some research on this and you've had some exposure to this. It's a huge thing. Uh, as I was doing some research for this episode, um, so first off, Amanda, why are people so interested in this concept? I think people are interested in it because who wouldn't want to be financially independent? That's the FI in fire and. If you could, who wouldn't want to retire early? The RE in FIRE. Um, we, I think we're totally interested in our, like seeing our money grow and having more of it. And, you know, um, sometimes people will even make a game of it in terms of how much could they reduce their expenses or how much could they save each month or different things. It, um, 
it, it's pretty catchy out there. And there's so many people blogging about it and talking about it that it's kind of hard not to miss. Once you hear about it, you'll start seeing it everywhere. Well, and so you said game, almost like gamifying your exactly. money. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> we we also love acronyms. So I think that FIRE thing uh, really helps with remembering and the mm-hmm. acronyms that young people like. <laughs> and so why don't we back up just a little bit, though, and kind of start at the beginning. So could you guys share with us, you know, what is FIRE? Yeah, so uh, FIRE, Financial Independence, Retire Early, the F-I-R-E, that's what it stands for. And the people that do this FIRE thing kind of fall into two camps. There's the people who build their passive income so that monthly or annually they're passively getting an income that's more than their expenses. And so then they can say, I'm financially independent. I might as well go in and retire. Or there's the people, um, kind of stereotypically speaking, you might think of the guy who works 80 hours in Silicon Valley, and he's just tired and t- you know stressed out by the corporate environment. And he figures out a way to accumulate a big pile of money so that he can move along with any family that he has out into the mountains in Colorado in a tiny house and just live off that pile of money for the rest of their lives. Um, and that's kind of the two different ways that people might approach the FIRE movement and how, how they could go about becoming financially independent or retire early. Well, it, it immediately for me kind of brings up questions that we don't have to answer on this podcast, but what is independent and what is retire? You know, those are questions that I ask my clients all the time mm-hmm. because that word might mean something very different to you yep. than it might to me. Uh, Anything you'd say on that, Brandon? Well, I guess just asking those questions, what does independence mean to you? And um, for us, we take care of my uh, mother-in-law, so then that's not as much independence, but it might be different for my family with the the family dynamics. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think independence does definitely mean different things for different people. And retiring, you could be on a beach somewhere, you could be, you know, with the grandkids, you could be, yeah, so it it really comes down to what do we actually mean when we mean independent and retire. But what would you know, I mean, how how could one know if they've already achieved this transcendent state of fire? If they were financially independent, maybe, or or even ready to retire? Yeah, they call it, they are fired. With, like Fired. you put a D oh, at the end. Cool. That's how you refer to it. Yeah, so uh, this is where people start to have fun calculating a freedom number is what they call it. And that number could be the amount of income you need each each month or each year to be greater than your expenses, or it could be what that pile of money, how much needs to be there. Um, the kind of average way that has become popular for um Calculating your freedom number is very similar to how you'd calculate your number for just retirement in general. Um, 25 years worth of expenses, um, and then you can do the 4% rule, you know, kind of following the typical advice out there is how they calculate that. Um, But then, you know, as not your average financial uh, podcast listeners, (laughs) you might already expect there to be some problems wrong with that number. Um, and following the 4% rule, and is, does that still work in 2018, or, and will it work in the future? And I'm just curious, do they still do 4% if they're retiring at 35? Yeah, they do. They do? Okay, yeah. just checking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll come back to that, I'm sure. Um, but what would you guys say are some of the pros of FIRE? What are some of the advantages or, I guess, just positives of, of people trying to go after this strategy? So I think some is like 
being more minimalistic, not buying a bigger house because you have that money, you kind of uh, buy a smaller house. And uh, there's an environmental implications as well because, you know, you're not going to buy uh, more stuff than you, you need again. And then uh, I think another is making goals and being clear with what you're trying to achieve. A mm -hmm. lot of people, again, don't think about uh, those goals and how to get there. And so those people that are in that fire movement are at least building some kind of a strategy. And it's better to have some kind of a strategy and move towards that than not have a strategy at all. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, these are clearly not the people that are living paycheck to paycheck necessarily because they've, they've either reduced their expenses so much that they're have some sort of surplus so that they can achieve this or they're making enough, mm -hmm. you know, that they're not spending it all. So they're at least kind of already ahead of the average person because they're, well, A, just thinking about their future, but then B, even putting together some sort of plan for it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's huge for people nowadays to start doing, I mean, actually thinking about and setting those goals for the future. Yeah, having a plan will actually probably give you more likelihood that you'll get to a destination mm -hmm. that you want as opposed to not having a plan. Yeah, absolutely. And so then what are some of the cons? What are some of the uh, disadvantages or downsides to this strategy? Uh, you can only reduce your expenses so much. Like you, you have to have a place to live. Even if you have a tiny house, you still need a bathroom and you still need <laughs> those things of life. And you still got to eat, you know, eating beans and rice for your whole life you know, it can only go so, so far in mm -hmm. those kind of aspects. So reducing expenses has a, as a limit. And, um, a lot of times the, these, um, people are in this movement, they're pretty clear that they are not going to pay for their kids' education. And, and, uh, there's certain things that they've taken off the table. And so, um, those kind of things as well, uh, cause, uh, a con, I guess you could say, but it could be a pro on I mean, depending on who those people are. Mm -hmm. They just, they're just not really going to have that option. You know, I mean, if you're trying to retire by about the time your child would hit college, probably, yeah. you know, I mean, clearly you're not going to have enough to pay for all your expenses and then also put them through school. Exactly. So, so yeah. I really like the idea of being, you know, uh, sustainable, uh, living within your means, uh, not being, you know, a hoarder with your assets or you're just your stuff. You don't need a giant house if you can enjoy a more full life with a smaller one. Uh, it's true. You can become trapped in the stuff you buy. I mean, Scrooge McDuck, right? Or the dragon from The Hobbit, you know, great classic examples of that. So I love the concepts. Um, so what, what would you say uh, if someone was trying to achieve financial independence, if someone was trying to retire early, there's going to be some pitfalls. There's going to be some roadblocks. There's going to be some, you know, bear traps along the way to that journey. It's a very, um, it's a very audacious goal. So how do you uh, help with avoiding, let's call them fire extinguishers? Yeah, that, I think that's great to call them fire extinguishers, sort of the threats to uh, being able to be fired. Um, and we've got a whole list of them. <laughs> Probably this list will not surprise the, the, the uh, longtime listener of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, but maybe they'll, they'll stick out to you in a different way uh, than maybe in previous episodes or that kind of thing. Yeah, so. share, share as if we've never heard this before, because yeah. I think it's, it's applying it to a very relevant and very uh, you know, accurate uh, financial strategy people are trying to attempt here. Absolutely. So the but first... 
And I want to add that sometimes the financial people that are in that fire camp don't really address the extinguishers. And so knowing these extinguishers is going to really help you in your financial future. So Amanda, you have eight that you've listed here. Give it, give, give them to us one at a time. Yeah. So the first one is if you're using a tax deferred plan, like a 401k, an IRA, 403b, those kind of things, then your money is locked up. You're going to have a 10% penalty if you want to retire early and access it before 59 and a half. So, um, and then you've also uh, deferred the taxes on that too. So you have to, you know, pull that into effect, but, um, you know, really, well, if, you wanna, huge. Yeah, yeah. if you want to retire early, and your money's in a 401k, you have to take that 10% penalty into effect. And if, you, you if can't really. If early is before 59 and a half, that's, yeah, you've kind of shot yourself in the foot if it's in a qualified plan like a 401k. Interesting. Yep. Um, and then there's also the ups and downs of the stock market. And, you, you know, you never know when, if you've got your big pile of money up there, when it might be cut in half, like, you know, 2000, 2008, different times like that. If that happens again, that's going to happen. And then also, once you're actually taking money out each year, you're, you know, maybe it's 4%, maybe it's less, depending on what rules you follow, you have uh, what we call in the industry a sequence of return risk, where depending on the returns that you get each year, that can uh, drastically reduce um, how much you actually have in income um, or have in that pile of money each year. Um, depending on, you know, just one year versus the next year and how, how those go. Um, so interesting. Yeah. If it's in the stock market at all, you've got both, both the regular ups and downs, but also as you take money out, those ups and downs can affect your money even more. So, so you're talking about double pain there when the market goes down 10, 20% even, uh, that will impact either how much you'll be able to take out to live on in your early retirement or how long you plan to live. Neither of which you might want to decide on um, <laughs> just because the market decided to take some from you. Interesting. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. And then the third one is taxes. If taxes go up and then it can throw your entire calculation out of whack um, and you don't, you don't know that's unexpected. Um, the next 10, 20 years, we don't really know if taxes are going to go up or down or what's going to happen with those. And people don't build their, when they build that money, they don't really account oftentimes for taxes. So they're like, oh, I have $500,000. Um, and they don't realize that 20, 30, whatever percent uh, is going away already. So hmm. they got to go up even more from there. Yeah. And then we've got inflation, you know, typical inflation, you might think 3%, but we've experienced periods in American history where it's been 10, 20%. So the cost of a gallon of milk or a gallon of gas skyrockets, that, that it's increasing your monthly expenses. And so you got to take that into account too, which you don't know what's going to happen with the inflation. And in, in the fact, the, the longer you are in retirement, the more you're exposed to all of these risks, right? Yep. The more you're not earning an income to overcome those risks when they happen to you. Absolutely. And then there's the fees. Um, if you have, you know, 1% uh, assets under management fee for the money that you have out there, that's going to considerably cut into your return, especially if the stock market goes down, they're still going to take their 1% and that just compounds on top of the experience that you've already gotten. And so you have to take into account um, what those fees are and how they're going to impact your money over time too. And then one of the big things that I think um, it's really counterintuitive is medical expenses, long-term care expenses, if you need those. Not to mention if there's a disaster like a hurricane or a tornado or there's some kind of family emergency, how, how is your pile of money going to uh, account for all of those? You might have set it up for, you know, just going along uh, your normal expenses, that kind of thing. But if something changes, 
um, someone in your family experiences a disability or something like that, how, how are you going to account for those? Um, maybe even an increase in the cost of your insurance premiums for health insurance. Uh, that, that could also throw things into, into a whack. Um, uh, I think mm-hmm. we know uh, this idea that the average 65-year-old right now would need $250,000 just for medical expenses and then uh, would need to another two hundred and fifty dollars if they needed long-term care, which 70% of people do in their older years now. So that's wow. another $500,000. That well, we might not be thinking of when we're in our 30s or 40s and tri- and retiring early. Mm. Yeah, that no one's accounting for. <laughs> yeah, just you know, half a million dollars. Oops. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Well, and the earlier you earlier you retire, the longer you need that pile of money to last, and the greater the likelihood is that that money might run out in time for you to need some medical care, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, uh, the hope would be if you hit one of these fire extinguishers, hopefully you're young enough to go back to work for a while to build it up again. What if it doesn't happen the way we plan, right? Right. Or what if no one's hiring? Even if you're, you know, 30 when you retire, but what if no one's hiring when you need that job again? And then we've got major expenses. We talked about kids' college before, but what about when you need a new car? Where is that $10,000, $20,000 going to come from? Um, Or, uh, you know, you want to get a new furnace in your home or, you know, some other major expenses like that that are bound to come up eventually. And then finally, there's you use your money and then you've lost it forever. Um, the mo- minute you spend it for that gallon of milk or for that new car or whatever it is, it's gone. And uh, you can't recoup that once you've made that spending decision. Okay, so those are some of the fire extin- ex- extinguishers. Um, so things that maybe kind of put out people's fire. But then what are um, some of those perfect matches? So things that'll help people actually, you know, start their fire or, you know, for someone that's wanting well, to pursue like something pun. like this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So as you might have guessed, bank on yourself type high cash value uh, life insurance really can help um, put us in a good position to uh, com- uh, combat all of those other um, extinguishers. So I think that's a huge thing to just think about and how this uh, strategy can work for them. Yeah, so you can access the money without penalty, no matter what age you are, you have access to that money. Um, There's also uninterrupted compound growth. You don't have the ups and downs of the stock market, but you have a nice return year after year that compounds and grows. There's no future taxes under current law. You don't have to worry about uh, if the income tax rate goes up, your, your pile of money there, you've already paid taxes on it. You don't have to worry about having to pay taxes on it again. It's also a hedge against inflation. As inflation goes up, your dividends are, are uh, typically follow uh, the inflation, and it, they'll go up as well, so you'll get more dividends. As inflation increases um, in, you know, uh, into your policy, you'll get those dividends. You pay all your fees up front. Uh, within typically the first four to 10 years or so, you're paying all those fees, so you don't have to worry about them when you're you know, retired or uh, financially independent. Uh, there's coverage for if you get a chronic or terminal illness to help cover some of those medical expenses that you might have. You can also refuel the money. So you use it to buy a car. You can you know, put maybe a little extra cash in to, to re- refuel that money so you can use it again to buy the next mm-hmm. car or mm-hmm. to repair that furnace or whatever it is. And then the, the big one uh, that is somewhat unbelievable but I think is uh, one of the biggest advantages is that even when you take the money out to do you know whatever it is that you need to do in your life 
you're not actually taking your money out. Your money continues to grow and can continue to get interest and dividends, which um, you take your money out of the stock market, you're, you've lost it forever. Um, you'd have to, you know, rebuy those stocks and, you know, that kind of thing. But when it's in a bank on yourself type policy, you have that growth continuing even while you're using the money for something else. It's fascinating. I mean, it comes back to a recurring phrase we say on this podcast a lot, which is where you put your money makes it do different things. Uh, if you're going to try, what is your intention? You know, what is your goal with the money? What's your objective with your life, your financial life? If FIRE is going to be your mission for your family, for yourself, what are you going to do to make sure that you accomplish that objective? Well, one option is tax-qualified plans, okay, 401ks, IRAs. We've talked about how fees gobble up, you know, a good chunk of that over a course of 35 years. Department of Labor says that's 35% of your nest egg gone to fees over 35 years. If you're going to be living on that for 70 years, age 35 to 100, that's a lot more in fees, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if, again, you mentioned taxes earlier, Brandon, um, if we're looking at a million dollars being or $10 million or whatever your number is to retire, you have to make sure that you've got 130% of what you think you might need to give away some of that to the Internal Revenue Service. If you're thinking real estate will be your solution, right? Passive income, rental properties, and then you have that medical emergency of 250 grand, we're going to have to sell that rental property, which is going to lower your income uh, to pay for that life-saving life surgery, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to keep it liquid. We have to keep it uh, tax-free if possible, fee limited if possible. And so where you put your money matters. And Brandon, you brought up uh, high cash value, dividend paying, whole mm -hmm. life insurance of all things. So for the weird ones uh, who are listening to this and are wanting to learn more, Amanda has just shared nine different reasons why a life insurance contract actually helps you retire early and achieve financial independence. Um, which of these do you find most fascinating, Amanda? Which of these do you feel like helps light the match? for financial independence? Yeah, I think the access without penalty is super crucial. Um, for example, we became a lot more financially independent by being able to access the money that we're saving for when we're able to retire to go ahead and pay off those student loans and recoup that interest that we would have paid to Freddie or Fannie or whoever we were paying before, <laughs> um, that we get to now put that back into our our policies and save for our retirement, then that's that's going to bring retirement even closer to us, or and or be a lot more secure when we get there, um, whenever we and we get to choose when we retire, whether it's you know 50 or 70 or whenever it is along the way. There's no, the government's not telling us you got to wait till you're 60 or you know what happens. 59 you. and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had a really cool story of how you used uh, a, one of these cash value life insurance policies for your business. Tell tell our listeners about that. Yeah, so we uh, discovered that we were expecting a baby last uh, year in the fall, and we were thinking already about, you know, do we sell our business? Do we, you know, what 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 are we going to do? And that that news of expecting a child really lit the fire under us <laughs> to figure out what that meant for the future of our business. And we had also, the reason we were thinking about that was a month prior, we'd actually had a big flood in our business. And business had to be closed for a while and we you know we still had to make payroll we still had to pay for inventory those kind of things and so we couldn't pay ourselves for a while and so we actually took a loan from our policy to pay our bills to pay our rent to um, buy groceries those kind of things in the meantime and we use that money to then uh, not have to like go and get a business loan or charge our personal expenses under a credit card or those kind of things 
And so then, um, because we had this loan from our policy, we had that wiggle room, we had that flexibility to explore what's the future of our business and what are we going to do. And we, we did find a buyer. We had the time to negotiate with that buyer and we ended up selling the business and then use that profit to continue paying our expenses, to fund, you know, having the baby, to pay back our policy loans, you know, all those things, um, which wouldn't have been an option. We might have even had to just close the business and cut cut our losses if we didn't have that flexibility from the Mm -hmm. bank on yourself plan that we put together a long time ago, never knowing that any of this was in our future. And I believe that was the second time we had used our policy. We had already used it previously to take care of some business debt and some student debt and instead of owing those people, we uh, owed ourselves, And so then we had recycled the money twice uh, already. And so uh, it put us in a really good position over um, those towards that 10-year mark. Mm-hmm. And so as you guys have kind of researched this um, hashtag and this craze that's going on right now, um, and what you kind of know from your personal experience with Bank on Yourself and everything, you know, what would grandma think about fire and think about this concept yeah we're always thinking about what would our grandmothers say about what were the financial decisions that we're making as part of why we started the grandma's wealth wisdom podcast and i think first and foremost being the the optimist that i am that grandma would be really proud of uh, our generation the people that are in this fire movement for taking our finances seriously and Uh, You know, for those that have kids, for figuring out how to spend more time as a family and not be working those 80 plus hour jobs each year or each each day or each week or whatever it is to to be able to actually like invest in our kids, just being around them, showing how much we love them and that kind of thing. I think she'd be really proud of that. And I think she would also, uh, as we put in that grandma's wealth wisdom, sometimes intelligence skips a generation is um, what she might say. And she might be a little weary about the strategies in which we're talking about in some areas and love the fact that we're actually making a plan, making a strategy, but worry about how we are doing it and like maybe going into some older school ways of uh, how she did it because she they were able to do those kind of things. Yeah. So Life insurance was the major way people saved. Uh, years, um, there's not a single grandma that had a 401k when they when she started her career. That's that should say something about uh, their way that they saved and paid for things. And I love your podcast, guys. I, I recommend everybody listen to it. It's called Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. I'm just reading a few of the episodes here. Uh, a hen that lays eggs and hatches none. Beggars can't be choosers. Leveraging other people's money. Uh, I love the the the. If it had been a snake, it would have bitten you. Episodes. So all of your episodes so far have been little uh, truisms or proverbs that grandma is famous. My grandma, anyway, is famous for saying. Uh, are there any other things that you guys would like to share about the fire movement and how bank on yourself type policies can can help them uh, help our listeners achieve financial independence or retire early? Well, I would say definitely think about this concept. Um, financial independence. We should all be going for, um, and the idea of retiring early if we choose and to work with somebody who um, actually can help you achieve those things and the flexibility to be able to do uh, if, you know, for us, if if your mother-in-law comes and lives with you, sometimes things change. Uh, And so um, those, I think that's really important to be able to balance that and work with somebody who understands um, your goals, your dreams. 
Um, yeah, which, you know, talking about goals and dreams that retirement might not look like, you know, sitting on a beach drinking Mai Tais or whatever. It might look like getting to do what you're really passionate about, painting or creating music or uh, uh, writing a blog or, you know, whatever it is that you like that can be a great reason to go after this, even if it's not just to spend time with family or just to, you know, travel the world. If it's something really creative that you feel like you're meant to do in the world, then go for fire so that you can do more of that and not have it be a side hustle or something you defer until you're in your 70s or 80s. But you could even do that now um, if you, you've set up things, to, you've reduced your expenses, you've you know saved into a policy, you can actually go after some of those yeah, passions. You'd be able to retire early from the corporate job to be able to go after the passion uh, job, entrepreneurship kind of thing, and be able to hopefully build even more income in that, that way. Exactly. So Brandon, Amanda, uh, where can folks learn more about you and all the projects that you're involved in? The best place is just grandmaswealthwisdom.com. Go there. And that's the best place to connect with us. We've got a really great download there of grandma's wealth recipes, some wholesome recipes that can help you build wealth that grandma would be proud of. And yeah, check out the podcast and subscribe like like Mark's podcast. And if you like, like it, write a review. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Brandon, Amanda, for taking time out of your day to join us and share about this new hashtag that's going around the internet um, and to to share with us what we weren't previously aware of and then even share your insights with us. So we really appreciate that. And thank you, our listeners, for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.